What's going on, fam? We're back. The Family Time Podcast. And hey, we're all family at FantasyAlarm.com. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam. And Matt Sell is going to tell you everything going on when it comes to Fantasy Alarm content and in the sports world. Guys, what's going on? It's A lot has changed since we last got together about, what, eight, ten days ago. We have a brand new site layout. Yeah, I haven't slept. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, but not really. I did. I think I worked 130 hours last week. So, um, yeah, it's all for it's all for you there, FA Nation. We uh, split the sites. Brand new layout we've got going on. Um, so far, it's gotten rave reviews. Uh, I personally like it a lot better, a lot easier to find seasonal and DFS content. Uh, and brand new chat, so make sure you get in the Discord for Fantasy Alarm and for DFS Alarm, uh, that's where all of the questions you have will be being answered from now on. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I haven't been, like, really wholly involved. Uh, I see a lot of what's going on, and I will say on behalf of the world to you, Matt, and the rest of the tech team, holy shit, wow, you guys did an awesome job, and... All you're continuing to do to keep, uh, you know, every everything when it first comes out, obviously, has bugs here and there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, well, I, that's to be I, expected. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, but I agree. I, I, I don't think you slept in at least a week. No, and then with that, you know, Cells, you guys and the tech team, like Ryan was just saying, have done a great job. And for those of you, I mean, you're on the site. That's where you get it. Unless you did catch us on Twitter as well, we have separated so that we have our content flowing more thoroughly and you guys can see what's coming out because we put out a lot of content on our website. So why not have the three faces of Fantasy Alarm? That way, you can go from one website to another get brand new content. It'll be awesome, especially next year when it comes to fantasy basketball. My seasonal content will be on one area in one area, the DFS in the other. And that's something that is just, again, making it easier for you to find our content. And the layout looks brand spanking good. I'll tell you that. Very new. Love it very much, and it's going to be great. Wager Alarm, DFS Alarm, Fantasy Alarm. Yes. And make sure you follow at DFS Alarm on Twitter. Yes. Yes. Because that's where DFS content is being tweeted out. So make sure you follow both. You'll still get all of the great content. Um, If you bought a package previously with Fantasy Alarm, you still get all of that content you got. It's just been, like, made easier to find. Yeah, speaking of packages, don't get too excited, Ryan. We're, let's talk a little Julio Jones here because the Tennessee Titans got themselves a package of a player right there. Big boy here when it comes to a wide receiver. The only issue when it comes to the minds of the casual fantasy football player at this time, what happens to A.J. Brown? Even some, what happens to Derrick Henry? So let me ask you, Ryan Howell, first Mr. Game Previews from last year. I got to ask you this. When it comes to Julio, how you handling players like Brown and Henry when it comes to fantasy? Are they downgraded? Uh, not really, I don't think. Definitely not Henry. I was t- talking about this with Howard last night. I now it's just you actually have to be concerned with the the, tech, the the Titans passing game with two really really good receivers. So you know, you put an eight in the box to stop Derrick Henry is going to have to be a thing of the past, or he is just going to bull through. Uh, you know, to the second level of defense and where he really does some damage. So, if anything, I, I like this for Henry. I, even if he maybe ends up with a few less carries, which I still don't think he will, uh, I think the yards per carry will go up. Uh, I, I love Derrick Henry this year. A.J. Brown, to me, and this is going off fantasy football Twitter, uh, I still feel like he's 
I still see people like Dynasty number one wide receiver overall. And I, I didn't see that before. I certainly don't see it now. Uh, he's not a high-volume catch guy. It's not like he racks in 105 catches. Yeah, he makes big plays and scores some touchdowns. Uh, I think this will help him a little bit because now, you know, they, the defense can't put three guys on him. Julio will demand some attention. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it really hurting either one of them in a drastic way. Well, a couple of things for the, you know, A.J. Brown dynasty talk. One, I was listening to the radio a little bit uh, last night. It was low. It was terrestrial radio as we would like to say because the car that i had they're driving and didn't get you're not, a, well, you're not allowed to listen to terrestrial radio i don't have serious xm in the car that i was driving guy what the hell is terrestrial radio Just... <laughs> um, i don't drive enough to have serious but the uh <laughs> but the guy that was that was talking about this made some pretty interesting points one aj brown had a 30 percent target share last year in the weeks that he was healthy right so you add Julio Jones, you automatically think the target share goes down. Well, they lost some key – they lost the tight end in the offseason, right? So Yeah, and Corey Davis. And Corey Davis. So though that target percentage shifts to Julio Jones. So I see A.J. Brown still being in the 28 or so percent uh, target rate. Mm-hmm. And also the weeks that A.J. Brown was healthy, he missed the first two weeks of the season, right? He was the fourth highest scoring fantasy wide receiver last year. So I get the talk for why you would want him. He's young. He's clearly talented. He was the fourth highest scoring guy behind, I'm guessing, I know Devontae Adams was number one. I'm assuming Tyree Hill was up there. Um, probably one of the Bucks receivers <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to assume. Um so I just think it's it's interesting to to watch everybody freak out about oh you know Julio Jones okay but Calvin Ridley was a better was the higher point scoring wide receiver in Atlanta when Julio Jones was there right uh, Julio doesn't catch touchdowns he gets all the yards but not the touchdowns so we all know that touchdowns is really where you make your points in fantasy football so I'm not terribly concerned and then if I'm looking at a running back I'm absolutely going full sale on Derrick Henry. That guy doesn't get stopped under normal circumstances. And now people are still going to be paying attention to Julio Jones because you have to. Uh, so that's just going to open the box a little bit more. So I I don't have a problem with getting either one. In fact, I'd rather have A.J. Brown than Julio Jones because there's less injury concern with A.J. Brown. And let's face it, like even with the cast of characters that was around him, A.J. Brown was still the better, best wide receiver on that team last year and couldn't be stopped. So, Interesting. I mean, it's funny you mentioned A.J. Brown. I was actually recently, earlier this week, in a best ball draft with John and Pemba. Just wanted to kind of start doing some best ball drafts just to see where some of the players out there are drafting some of their players. A.J. Brown went in the end of the second round. Julio Jones went two rounds later. So that's basically what, I mean, if you look at last year with Julio and Calvin Ridley, Julio went in the second round and Calvin Ridley went in the fourth round. Right. It's essentially flipped, right? But this makes more sense to me because A.J. Brown actually produces and Julio just gets catches and yards at this point. You say sells about the touchdowns. You're absolutely right, the lack thereof. And here's the deal. At this point, if everybody wants to sour on Julio Jones and I'm sitting there late fourth round 
early fifth round and he's there. And Ryan, you can tell me I'm a freaking idiot if you want to, but I feel like that's an easy spot to take a risk, especially if I have one of the top dog wide receivers. And normally my builds would be something like two running backs wide receiver unless I land in certain spots. But just thinking with that mindset, I'm now looking at Julio as my wide receiver too, late in fourth, early fifth. Ryan, what would you do? Because I pulled the trigger on there knowing the risk that I'm taking. Yeah, I've never really been a huge Julio Jones fan. Um, always, but like Matt said, it was the lack of touchdowns. Uh, but I understand that that's a good value where you're talking, uh, especially as your number two. Uh, if he's your second wide receiver, I would feel good about that. Uh, I kind of feel like the Titans offense is going to be more dependable than the Falcons were. I mean, even with all their weapons, the Falcons just disappeared some weeks and didn't give you anything. So uh, I feel like, you know, Tennessee was pretty good last year and they're going to be, I think, even a little bit better uh, this year. And yeah, their defense, their their division isn't loaded with with great defenses. Indies is pretty good, but Jacksonville and uh, Houston's are both pretty terrible. We'll see, you know, they made some offseason additions, but uh, neither is really traditionally a very good defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind Julio. If you could sneak in the early fifth and he's your second wide receiver, I think that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll agree there. I'm not saying I don't like Julio. I'm just saying, like, I don't get all the talk about, oh, Julio changes everything and now A.J. Brown's undraftable, right? Like, I've seen some people go, oh, we've got to put Calvin Ridley ahead of A.J. Brown. Why? Calvin Ridley sucked when Julio wasn't on the field. Like, why are you automatically moving him up? Because he's got a rookie tight end and a still slightly undependable quarterback? Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand. So, yeah, if you're taking Julio as a wide receiver, too, in the late fourth, early fifth, no problems there. Yep. Now, guys, I want to shift back to Derrick Henry for a second because we originally, when John and I joined the first draft, thinking that it was a normal best ball draft and not a slow draft, I actually had the third pick. And slow I, best ball? Yes, I'm not going to mention what site this draft was on because okay. let's just say I'm going to say one thing. Oh, mm. I'm going to say <laughs> one thing. If you have a site in which you do drafts and leagues on, make sure that the draft button can be seen and that we don't have to scroll through multiple boxes to get the freaking draft button. If you're going to make anything obvious on that page, Put the damn draft button on that page, not by the player, on the page, okay? No reason why I shouldn't be missing my first four picks and freaking out during a best ball draft because I can't find the damn draft button. And I have to put players in the queue just to make sure that when the time expires, because I have 30 seconds, that it takes the player. Come on. Draft button. Basic. I'm sorry. So I had the third pick, and I didn't know who I was going to take. And... Derrick Henry's sitting there, and when you have McCaffrey gone, you have Dalvin Cook gone. Now I'm sitting there. I can't – I don't know what to do with Kamara right now. Very difficult for me to decide. Some of the other guys, Taylor, I, Cam Akers, Zeke, Saquon. I, I feel like at this point, Derrick Henry is the safety net at three. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I have zero problems with that considering the fact that we saw Christian McCaffrey get injured, right, basically twice last year because he got injured like the first week and then tried to come back later and then got injured again. And he was essentially replaceable in that offense by Mike Davis, right? So, like, 
is it the system or is it McCaffrey? And then Saquon tore his ACL coming back from that. Yeah, is an ACL injury not what it used to be? Sure, but you're talking about a guy who relies on cutting and relies on explosiveness to make the big play, okay? Still questions about that Giants offensive line. There's still questions about Daniel Jones. They've got 97 wide receivers, and I'm not sure any of them can catch a football except for Kenny Galladay. And the question with Saquon is if he doesn't get the big play, his points aren't that great. I've had Saquon twice now, and if he doesn't snap off a 40- or 50-yard run, his point totals are not that good, right? So he needs the explosiveness. So I'm perfectly fine with taking Derrick Henry number one overall, frankly. He's dependable. Wow. Tell me, like, so Carolina has a new quarterback, Sam Darnold, that nobody is sure what exactly he still is. Also, will he miss time if he doesn't get vaccinated, right? The NFL is still undecided about that. Never had a good quarterback, though. Okay. But we saw him get injured, and Mike Davis put up basically the same numbers we expected from Christian McCaffrey last year, minus some of the catches, right? Okay. So there's that. Alvin Kamara, who the heck knows what's happening with New Orleans quarterback? And we saw when they went to – the running quarterback. I'm blanking Jason on his Hill. name. Thank you. Yeah, we, the, we all try to forget that name. That too. Camaro basically didn't do anything, right? Like his numbers basically vanished the weeks that Taysom Hill was under center for New Orleans. Saquon, we just went over. He's coming off the injury. The Giants have some question marks. Who else is in that? Dalvin Cook. Okay, that would be another guy you can make the argument about right because he's been pretty freaking dependable but i'd still go derrick henry i mean you got zeke i guess is in that conversation too right people are scared of zeke guys yeah, i've seen I multiple drafts where he's at the back end of the first round i've seen him go ninth i've seen him go 10th i saw one draft with industry analysts on our channel sirius xm fantasy sports radio shame on you for mentioning terrestrial radio before so just kidding <laughs> but I saw Travis Kelsey go before Zeke. Wow. Well, here's Was it a tight end heavy league? No. The, the only traditional drawback to Derrick Henry is he's not really involved in the passing game. So for PPR leagues, that's why people always kind of take a shot at him. However, and I know every year they say, we're going to get Derrick Henry more involved in the passing game this year, and they never do. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, when he catches, I, I've watched him catch the ball, and he does get that guy in some space and get a cornerback in front of him. I mean, that's he's got to be licking his chops. But anyway, uh, he tends to, in my opinion, score more touchdowns than the, these other guys. Okay, which I think so the last, two, the last two years without being involved in the passing game, because he's only caught eight, he's caught 37 total passes the last two years. Okay. But not being involved in the passing game, he's put up 1,540 rushing yards with 16 touchdowns and 2,027 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns last year. I, I, w- I was going to agree with you at the end <laughs> what people say. However, yeah, I'm just debunking that myth before you even got to it. Uh, I agree with much everything you said. Uh, I will say I, did, I was in a best ball uh, for Colton and the Wolfman. Uh, and I had the fourth pick, and Alvin Kamara went in, in, in the first three. So I did have the Henry Barkley choice, and I chose Barkley. This was before the Julio Jones trade. Uh, 
but I didn't feel great about it, and I now I feel even less good about it. I think you know, and you get a lot of people also like, how many years can Derrick Henry just keep getting all these carries? Is another thing that I see as a negative against him. But to me, he's just like built different. He's he's not like a typical player. He's like linebacker size, so he can handle a load, uh, and and you know, not like Alvin Kamara or not like. Uh, um, I don't know who else I'm thinking, Christian McCaffrey, but there's, there's a number of guys who you know they get hit enough, they're going to break. Derrick Henry is as big as the guys that he's that are hitting him. Him and Dalvin Cook are, are just like two guys that are built differently. So I don't think that a, a workload is going to take Derrick Henry down either. So uh, I think it's a coin flip between him and Barkley third. Uh, I did Barkley, but if I had the choice again, I'd probably pick uh, Henry. I got two more I'd like to bring to the table, two more running backs and these names I just can't see being in the mix when we're down to redraft portions when it starts in late July, August. And the two names I want to bring up, number one, Nick Chubb. Is he someone that maybe if you're sitting there third overall, I even think if I'm trying to jog my memory that our own Howard Bender, your co-host, Ryan, on getting buzzed the stream on fantasyalarm.com. Love that, the weekly stream that you guys do, not only with your great interviews, and I got to be on it too, talking wrestling, but you talk about sports and just having fun as well. That's what it's about, the balance of sports and entertainment. So definitely watch Ryan Hallam and his beautiful, young-looking face and Howard Bender and his beautiful, young-looking face. He should shave his beard, but he won't. Uh I'm buzzed. But Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor, guys, we had Andrew Cooper from FantasyAlarm.com on Alarm After Hours, and He gave some very questionable vibes about Taylor, so it's got me thinking, where do you guys stand on Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor when it comes to early first-round picks? I'm not taking either in the early – like, you're talking top half of the first round? Yes. yes, I'm not taking either in the top half of the first round. I'm not doing it. Um, You know, I know that we've seen some growth from Nick Chubb the last couple of years. Um, (laughs) Somewhat. Yeah, I got um, it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys can simmer in that. Um, and now there's, you know, some of the, I guess, confusion or whatnot in the in the backfield has been cleared up a little bit in Cleveland. But there's still confusion as to what that offense does, right? Is it a passing offense? Is it a rushing offense? I know they want to run the ball a lot, but it seems like when they had more success the last couple of years, it was like, you know, staying. Sometimes we're going to pass it. Sometimes we're going to rush it. Um, and Indy, I still don't know if I trust Carson Wentz to run an NFL offense right now, right? Like, uh, yes, he had no weapons in Philadelphia the last year, but he also started going downhill the last two years in Philadelphia. So I still don't know if I trust it. T.Y. Hilton is clearly on the end of his career. I don't know that there's really any weapons on the outside to keep, you know, nine men boxes out of the way. So I'm not a big fan of either of those guys in the first round. I am going to take the other side on both of them because I feel really good about both of them. Uh, I don't think that it matters about Carson Wentz because Philip Rivers was awful and Jonathan Taylor was still really good. I, I think it comes down to that offensive line and the fact that I think they're a run-first offense, as I think Cleveland is. Uh, I know they have Kareem Hunt there, but Chubb is, especially last year when, when Hunt was injured, I think he just really just took over uh, and, and just was so impressive the way he ran the ball, especially around the goal line 
Uh, like he just couldn't be stopped. And I just think Jonathan Taylor is still getting better. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Uh, I could see Taylor in the first five and maybe Chubb by seven or eight. Uh, but I think Chubb, I, I guess it's because of Kareem Hunt. I, I feel like he gets, uh, I guess, underrated. Uh, right. Oh, no, because everybody's scared. Everybody's yeah, scared. I, I just... I you know what it is, man? Really and, and we were talking about this, me and John, and I, I want to try to do a better job of this this year than last. Last year, we were dealing with the world change and pandemic and everything. And this year, I want to get back to teaching certain lessons that just go untaught. And I feel that one of the big lessons is there's a difference between a handcuff and a backup when it comes a true handcuff and a standalone back with their own role and value. And I feel that people get obsessed when it comes to that, and they're going to get trapped with the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. I get it, and you're right, and it's a good, it's a big value to pay, just like it was last year as well. And when it comes to guessing who the backup is, and you're sitting there with your ninth and tenth rounds, where you really need to take some shots and hit some home runs, you really want to try to differentiate and see does this running back. Does this Chase Edmonds guy, for instance, kind of guy, have a role? Will he get four catches a game and maybe 50 yards? Like, that's where you have to think. And I feel like people, and I'm one of them going back a few years, I'd often confuse a true handcuff for a running back with a standalone back. Yeah, I'm not really a handcuff guy myself. I would rather try to pick a running back that I think can take over the job, whether I have the starter or not, rather than just necessarily taking the guy who's behind my guy. Sure. Uh, so that's, that's always the way I kind of handle like later round running back picks. How'd you survive hosting shows with Jeff Mans? He's the other way. Jeff Mans of elite sports, formerly a fantasy alarm. Uh, you know, I, I, I got through. Yeah. You know, it's good having differences of opinion though, when it comes to that. So just that was the first thing that came to mind. All right, guys, let's get to the family table. We bring one thing to the family table. It could be anything we want. We try not to include the politics for the most part, unless there's a sports tie, religion. We try to keep it fun so you never know what you're going to get. It's a box of chocolates. So let's start with you, Cells. What are you bringing to the table this week? Um, can Garrett Cole figure out how to use words? <laughs> like... <laughs> Just say yes. You sat there for literally 32 seconds and didn't say anything. Automatically means, yeah, I've used it. Just say yes. I used it. A lot of people did. And then you went into this whole rant about, oh, it's a tradition of using things that other generations have passed down. Bullcrap. That stuff was invented six years ago. Like, yeah, did... Previous pitchers use rosin and sunscreen? Sure. And their own spit. Did they use spit? Yes. Was the spitball banned by baseball? Yes. Was rosin and pine tar used? Yes. But, like, this spider tack stuff, this sticky stuff, the stuff that the Astros uh, and Angels clubhouse guys got their hands on was invented like six, seven years ago. So don't give me this stuff about, oh, it was passed down. For Yeah, if we kept allowing batters to use things that were passed down, every one of them would be on amphetamines and speed and cocaine. They're not. So just say yes, I used it. 
And yeah, it improved my performance. Right? Like Every, everyone does it. Most everybody not. it's clearly being used everywhere. It's clearly being used everywhere because this week, since baseball announced they're gonna crack down on it, we've seen batting averages shoot up, right? We've seen curveballs that look like frisbees no longer look like frisbees quite so much. So yeah, just learn how to talk. Say yes, I used it. <laughs> and let people figure it out. Like I I don't know that it's as bad as steroids. Right? Like your stuff was already good. Right. It's not like it took a five home run guy and took him and put him into the 35 home run category, right? Garrett Cole was already supposed to be a top flight pitcher. Now his stuff is ridiculous. Okay, but if you take ridiculous and knock it down a peg, still pretty good. Like Jacob DeGrom. I honestly don't think Jacob DeGrom is using anything, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think he's using the sticky stuff. I think he's just that good. Yeah. I mean, we. I trust me, man, as a Mets fan... And to give here's here's a tidbit for you as a Mets fan. There's a stat called ERA plus, right? It helps measure how good a pitcher is across eras. Right. One hundred in ERA plus is league average, regardless of era. ERA plus of one twenty five, like one hundred and twenty five, is usually a really good pitcher in that era. And for every point above a hundred, it's one percent better than league average. You want to take a guess as to what Jacob Degrom's ERA plus is right now? Three thousand. Six hundred and twenty-six. <laughs> oh you were yeah, close, Ryan. He's five hundred and twenty-five percent better than a league average pitcher. That's insane. Yeah. Pie and I don't think he's using sticky stuff. My dad's a Mets fan too. I got an email the other day. He's of all this, and he's hitting four hundred. It's like he is just, hitting four. He's like hitting four fifty-four. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know. I, I definitely want to get down to, to City Field to see him pitch once this year, uh, not being that far away. And now that we can kind of go back to ball games again, because he is like, it, it, it's hard to believe he keeps getting better, but he it just keeps getting better. As good as Bob Gibson's 1968 season with the 1.12 ERA, and as good as Pedro Martinez's 2000 season, which is the modern best record for pitching in a season. DeGrom will beat both of those this year. It's wow. Let's see it. Let's see someone else that'll beat both of those is Ryan Hallam. What do you got, Hal? I'm just going to bring – I mean, you already mentioned it, but the only thing I had to bring was to the getting buzzed, man. Watch it. A new episode is going to drop today. We recorded last night. Uh, we had Samantha Praviti of the Action Network on it. We learned a lot of Gen Z words uh, and talked a lot of fantasy football, and I had a freaking blast doing it. So this was uh, – Definitely hope you all check it out and uh, and enjoy it as much as we do making it. Yeah, it's a fun, fun show. And again, I had a great time joining you guys and you guys. And I'll, and I'll show you a little bit later. Maybe I'll save the surprise for another time when I join you guys. But I'll at least show you, Ryan, what that show motivated me to do. Let's oh, just, boy. I can't yes, wait. So I'll just show you. I'll keep that as a tease right now. So getting buzzed, make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every single Friday. And, and this is something I want to bring to the table. And tweets don't really get to me. You try to insult me, my character, whatever, Twitter. I'm not going to get into a Twitter. I don't have the time to get into the Twitter back and forth with you regarding that kind of stuff. You want to call me ugly? I don't give a crap. But when it comes to what you want 
from us when it comes to content. And guys, I talked about this on the radio show. We were tweeted, the show was tweeted that, you know, not to talk too much baseball. Please stop with the baseball. Nobody cares about the baseball. And here's the deal. I have before put out, as you guys have seen, I put out fan votes. I put out polls on what people want to hear about, what sports. Sometimes I'll throw a few fun ones and then I'll stick hockey bets in there. Then people will go to the hockey bets. That's what it is. But here's the deal. It's one thing to write a tweet. It's another thing, though, to be consistent. And if we have a consistent audience and you're not getting what you want from our content, you need to be heard. That's the big thing. That's up to you. We can't get, we are trying to appease as many people as possible, whether it's fantasyalarm.com, DFS alarm, wager alarm, when it comes to alarm after hours. We want to give you what we want, and we try to cover a lot of ground, and we do a great job of that. But at the same time, you guys have to ask. You guys have to get with us on our all-new Discord and make sure that you're getting the help that you need, that you're getting the content that you guys want. It's one thing to bitch and bitch and complain, but if you're not getting what you want, you're not telling us, we have no way to tell you. And with that, I only hear from one person that baseball content, but meanwhile, I'm hearing all this hearsay that, oh, they don't do enough baseball. That's mixed messages. We as the content providers need to know what you, the audience, want, what the mass wants. Because I have some people dragging me in one direction, don't talk basketball, don't talk baseball, just talk football. And then I got the others that are saying, you don't talk enough about the other sports, it's all football. We need to know what you want. Get on that Discord. You know what I say, Fancy? You can never please everyone, first oh, of all. Of Second of all, people don't know what they want. Third of all, it's your show. You do what you want to talk about. I know people listen. Everyone loves your show. Just, you know, you can hear a voice or two complaining. Yeah. And no, no, I don't mind the complaint. I, I actually welcomed it, but yeah. I want more of that. I want more of it. I don't care. I, plenty of people, trust me, I've been working in this industry enough. I know what drives the bus, and I'm not going to act like I'm in denial. We all. No, except for the old school fantasy baseball people that don't admit it. We all know what drives the bus in this business. However, with what you want in content and what you don't want, you got to be heard. So I welcome that tweet very much. And what did I say on the show? You asked for no baseball? Too bad. You're getting baseball. Ronis, let's talk about what went on in the day. But it's good to get the opinions heard. And that's and by the way, what the, the Discord thing. We've had a few people point out things that they would like to see on FA and Discord already. And we'll probably be able to make those happen. Not immediately, but they're on the tech queue to make happen. People want to see more team splits for baseball. So people clearly want baseball content because they're asking for more tools. And, you know, there's what content are we going to have for this? And, what, you know, so if you want content, got to ask for it. We don't know what you want until it's like, I tell my kids, they just assume I know what they want, and then they get upset when they don't get it because I don't know. I'm not a mind reader, right? Right. We just they want a pony, them. man. Get them a pony. But then, to Hallam's point, NASCAR fans just complain to complain for everything. It's, I just want a liter of cola. Seriously, <laughs> it's literally the most complaint-ridden sport I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Unbelievable. They complained that they wanted the cars lowered so that they wouldn't get air under them so that guys wouldn't go flipping through the air and make violent crashes. And now guess what? Now they want that undone because 
passing suffered because you can't pass when you can't get air under the car. And so now they don't care if people get hurt. They just want passing to happen. And so they made that happen, but now it sucks because they just came out with a brand new car that solves like seven of the major complaints of NASCAR fans. They've turned to complaining about the sound the engine makes. I swear <laughs> to God they are complaining about the sound the engine of the new car makes. Sells, I before we sign off, it's because you brought up NASCAR. You're going to have content on the site for the sites, rather. Just the one For site. DFS Alarm. Yes. DFS Alarm. Just want to name Sells who's winning the all-star race this weekend. I told you this on Alarm After I Hours. the name. I'm sticking with it. I'm going with Ryan Blaney for a dark horse to win it. I know I know the guy you want me to name. No, no, no. no I'm not. No, but that's the – I want you <laughs> to name the guy that's going to win so you don't blame me afterwards. So <laughs> Ryan Blaney is your guy. That's the answer. I'm, I'm going with Ryan Blaney for a dark horse for yes. a guy who's won at Texas or done well at Texas before and – you know, a million bucks can motivate people to turn a season around. 100%. Give Matt Sells a follow at the Sellsman. Give Ryan Hallam a follow at Fighting Chance on Twitter. Give me a follow on Twitter at Fence D Sports as well. We'll be back next week. The sports world is running wild right now. We'll keep you up to date. But for now, check out the new layout. FantasyAlarm.com, DFSAlarm.com, WagerAlarm.com. Get in to win. We always dominate. No other option. And all together, on all three sites, we will win. <laughs>